and a season of weeping as we walk. I love the thought, carrying, literally sowing in tears and will weep with joy uh, as they carry the seed uh, with tears. So this whole picture of when you are in tears carrying a seed, don't stop walking. Keep walking and, and don't we all have to uh, continually continue pushing forward. Welcome once again to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. So glad you're with us. We're thrilled to have with us today Pastor Claude Oud, uh, pastor of an amazing church, touching uh, hundreds of other churches around Canada, touching thousands of churches in the French-speaking world. Many African nations are French-speaking. He's done crusades, conferences, and planted churches in all these nations, uh, in, in France and Paris and other places around the world. He's the author of five books. He's starting a sixth book. We're talking about Joseph. We're talking about dreams. We're talking about believing God for miracles. We're talking about uh, desires that God puts within our heart. And we're talking about them in ways that are not mixed with a pagan culture of personal ambitions, desires for self-glory, self-acclaim, uh, materialism, prosperity, those type of things. These dreams are God's dreams. These are dreams about touching lives, about raising a godly family, dreams about living wholeheartedly for God. Uh, these are the dreams that are really the most important ones. Pastor Claude Ude, who's with us here in the, today, is going to share some things. I, I know you're going to want to listen, and I want to invite you to, to subscribe to the Gary Wilkson podcast and also to check out our website, worldchallenge.org. Uh, we have other sermons, some of mine, some of Pastor Claude's, uh, the other content there, some uh, bookstore, that some of the uh, ministry books that we've been uh, promoting over the years are available to you. Um, and uh, if you like these episodes, please share them with a friend as well. Look forward to talking now to Pastor Claude Oud. Talk about uh, some new things that are on your heart. Uh, it will come out in the form of a book. Uh, you and I both know before anything's a book, it's it's a it's a burning passion. It's a fire shut up in our bones. And so, um, so you, you have something coming out in September. Uh, this podcast will air just just a little bit before that, so people could be aware that. Uh, the, just start off with the title of the book. Do you have a title yet, or is it a working title? Yes, yeah, the working title is God's Dream for You, and it's a it's a uh, book on the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. Okay, and it's uh, from Psalms. The, the The root of it is from Psalm one twenty six. Is that right? Well, it just—it's a start off. It's a start off. Psalm one twenty-six is a song. Uh, it, it's a song who speaks about. Um, I mean, the, the words are beautiful. When the Lord brought us back from captivity, we were like those who dream. And I see. And then when you go through through the psalm, I I saw in that psalm. It's a, it's an introduction to the life of uh, Joseph and to all of us pursuing. God's dream, God's plan, yeah. uh, God's destiny uh, for our lives. But I, when you look at Psalm 126, you, uh, I found some parallels that are that are uh, even to uh, for such a time as this. Uh, mm -hmm. When you think in terms of uh, we came out of captivity, uh, but we were singing Psalms 126. He says we, when the Lord brought us back from captivity uh, in Zion, we were like those who who dream, and it's a season of of worship through war, the coming back from captivity, and um, we're all coming out of uh, the pandemic captivity. We're all coming out of a season of captivity. But as we came out, and not totally out, but coming out of the pandemic, we're coming into a season of 
uh, what's taking place in the, in the Ukraine of really of rumors of war and of world world war at a level that had, that our generation had not seen. So there's a, a season of worship through war, and and also a season of I love the the thought in Psalm 126 of weeping as we walk. Um, Sorry to interrupt you. It's so rude of me to do that, but but uh, let me read it first, the whole chapter, so those who are listening can uh, can get the whole context, and then we can take because uh, it sounds like you're going to help us look at some verses. But let me just go. Uh, it's such a powerful chapter. I think if we read the whole thing, then we can go back and. Uh, so it says, uh, uh, "When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the strings of Negba. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing seeds of sowing, shall, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing in his sheaves with him. Okay, thanks. So thanks for letting me interrupt you and go back right back to your point because that was a good one. Well, 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 I just I just find it so powerful that coming out of captivity, it's a season, and I think that's what the body of Christ is right now in a season of where we're in a deeper way than ever. We've uh, learned to worship through war, and 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 it's a season also uh, in a paradox of a of worldwide witness because he says they will say of you of the na- in the nations, uh, look at how great things God has done for them. Um, for us here in, in, uh, in New Life in Montreal, Nouvelle Vie, they, the paradox of the pandemic is we went online and here we were 18, 19 months out of 24 months where the church doors were closed, where we, we couldn't meet, which, which uh, was un- unfathomable to us. But yet going online the way we did, we, we began the pandemic with 10,000 followers on our YouTube chain, and we come out of the pandemic with 135,000 mm. uh, and, and, and people from all over the world. So, so there's a season for the body of Christ to shine worldwide in the middle of all this and a season of weeping as we walk. I love the thought, carrying lit, literally sowing in tears and will weep with joy uh, as they carry the seed uh, with tears. So this whole picture of, when you are in tears carrying a seed, don't stop walking. Keep walking. And, and don't we all have to uh, continually continue pushing forward uh, and many times sowing in tears, but I have to continue walking. So I, I love the idea of weeping as we walk. And what do you mean by, what do you mean by that? Like, um, can you give me an example of somebody who's going through some weeping time or and and what do you mean by the seed carrying the seed too can, can you elaborate on those well it might be it, it might be parents that um, are carrying a seed of faith for their children for sons and and daughters but you you're weeping but don't stop walking I got keep, you. keep going forward keep pushing forward as you have that seed of, of faith and of prayer now and it might be for your family for your marriage it might be for ch- your children it might be I mean this pandemic, Everybody in 2020 thought we have a pretty good plan of what's coming. I mean, look at us, Gary. We had about six trips planned uh, in detail all over the world, uh, and all the so all the plans are, are are blown away, are blown up. Uh, but but you you have a seed. Keep walking. Keep walking. Everything that that God and that to me is an amazing prelude to the life of Joseph yeah. because he had he had as he was weeping. Weeping is is right, and weeping we will do. There's a t- but don't stop walking. Is my idea. Is the thought just just keep carrying the seed through through the weeping. And that would be um, 
for your church, this example you gave as well, you could you could stop walking. Oh, our doors are closed. We can't do anything, and just sort of just you sort of spend eighteen months in depression. Um, but instead, you kept walking with that seed, and God planted it, and it it, it gave a uh, you know. Then you could say, "Great Lord has done great things for us as a result of that." If you just stop walking, verse three there, the Lord has done great things for us would probably not quite be said. Uh, so uh, that's that's powerful. Yeah, God's dream um, uh, is only greater uh, as we continue sowing in tears and walking and allow Him to change us, challenge us, grow us, uh, prune us um, uh, to to complete the work that He's beginning us. And I believe that in those se- seasons that you you're in tears, but you're continuing sowing. And continuing walking are the season. That's what again the life of Joseph so amazingly uh, shows. Uh, the the as you continue uh, uh, pursuing God, I love the uh, I write in the book and I love the thought that don't follow your dream, follow your God, and your dream will follow you. That's right. That's one of the key thought of the book. Yeah. Uh, I've heard Joseph preach many times as you have your dream, stick to it, fight for it. It's your dream. It's my <laughs> dream. It's my no, follow your God and and let him work his every day of your life and every step and every season. And your dream, God's true dream for you will follow you. Yeah. And that and that sometimes can be very different. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I think, you know, people that follow our ministry here at World Challenge, if we were just to say what we've said so far and it and it be filtered through the lens of much of the American Christian culture. People would be thinking, "Oh, Gary and Claude are talking about. I have a dream for the mansion. I have a dream for the multi-billion-dollar business. I have a dream for the new Cadillac." You know, uh, but you're talking about God's dream for us, which is oftentimes very different. And if we just preach and just strive for uh, a self-created dream, maybe even a fleshly dream, you know, we're, it's going to take us down the wrong road. Uh, but if we have that, the eyes fixed on God first. He's going to take us down a, a much better road. And sometimes, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, well, sometimes, you know, I was just thinking, you know, uh, in some senses, you might could say, and, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane sort of got a little bit of a dream in his heart. Like, hey, it'd be nice if this cup passes. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good dream. And but but then he says like exactly what you're saying. No, but I I see God first. I see my Father first. So I see the cross being necessary. So my dream is to go now to the cross. My dream is to suffer because I know the the weeping of that is going to bring the joy of of as Hebrew says, many sons and daughters. You know, there's these are your children. So so you know our dream could be a dream of. Not necessarily everything being successful and everything being delightful and everything being easy, but everything with an outcome of glory and victory and honor of God and yeah. So that I, I, I think we're both saying that, aren't we? And, and yes, and, and obviously the um, the materialistic aspect that you you mentioned at first, uh, or, or the success and, and careers and and uh, um, but I'm taking it even deeper and and joining you in the thought about about Gethsemane even in our 
in our spiritual dreams, even in the things that we think we should be doing for God and for, for the kingdom, uh, oftentimes uh, the biggest obstacle to what God is really doing is when our dream for ourselves, even in ministry, has become the idol. Yeah. Has become, <clears throat> unless God does this through me, well, everything is, is shut. Everything is, is, uh, uh, is stopped. So the, the life of Joseph... Uh, teaches us so many things that the, the, the trials and tests actually transform us for what God is really uh, preparing. I, I think your audience are familiar with the life of Joseph. And, uh, and the, um, when, when he has his, his original sets of dreams, he has two, three sets of two dreams with his brothers uh, in Potiphar's house and then in, uh, with Pharaoh. And it, it, through each of them, when he, had, when he has the original dreams, He's seeing his brothers around him and his family, and and they're bowing to him. And he might be thinking just in terms of, I'm 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 going to lead this house. My dad's going to leave this to me, and I, they're going to stop persecuting me, or they're going to. But God, God's purposes was for him uh, to actually uh, save a nation. It, it was it was so beyond what he had thought, and what was really beyond what we had thought is the road God would take him through to get there. Mm -hmm. He gets it at 17. There's over 20 years that go through. And in each step, there's nothing like what he had seen. He gets a, he has the favor of the Lord, but everything keep, keeps keeps falling apart. And, and I love the thought where Paul even says, he, he asked the Galatians, um, did you suffer in vain? Hmm. One of the great things that, that Joseph teaches us and warns us is don't suffer in vain. In, in the seasons of suffering, there are things God is building in you. You could actually go through, go through suffering in vain because if you, you fall into uh, uh, self-pity, you fall into a stubbornness. This is not what I had in mind. This is not what, what and, and you could lose. You could, I've known people that are just in ministries. You just suffer and suffer, but, but, but never God's purpose is being allowed to, to, to take fruition in their lives. Mm. One time I was sitting, only, I only had the privilege one time to sit at a table, uh, uh, four or five of us with, with uh, Rick Warren, and we were all, we were all, uh, uh, um, we were all allowed to ask him one question. And I was trying to make my, my question count, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I asked, and I asked him, um, you, at that point, we had a couple of thousand people in our church. And I said, I have 2,000 people and 2,000 challenges and problems. And uh, you have tens of thousands. And, uh, and, and he, the thing he said to me was, was so powerful. He, he said, don't, don't waste that. The thing I would tell you the, the, the most would don't waste your suffering. Hmm. In this, and then he started to be very open about some of the sufferings in his own home and, and, and lives and families and, 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 and how, how through these sufferings, he, 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 God was, was just doing his purpose, preparing, just like Joseph, step by step by step. Uh, Joseph's background is horrific. His family background is horrific and violent and, and the home he grew in was totally dysfunctional. But his very name, Joseph, means God added to my life. And God was molding him and developing, developing him. And, and Rick Warren actually says, I, that's his first criteria. I will not hire somebody who has not suffered. Mm. He says, no matter what qualifications they have, he says, that's the first question we ask. <laughs> you, if, you don't, if you haven't suffered, <laughs> you're no good to us. We, we need people that have gone through the suffering and, 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 and the molding and the, and the understanding that the delays are not denials. Mm. Uh, they're used by God to deepen you. 
and to develop you for the destinies prepared for you. That's one of the many, many highlights of Joseph's life in my in my view. I think that's very important message, you know, very important for us to hear. I, I would say to you, Claude, it's important for me to hear this right now, you know, because I think I tend to over respond to to the 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 cultural norms of much of the church today, which is you know go get your dreams, uh, whatever you believe, just name it and claim it type stuff. You know that that is so pervasive here. I think the pendulum, as I hear you say this, I'm getting a bit bit challenged in a good way because I think I've almost like almost shut down that dream part of my heart. You know what I mean? Uh, just almost saying like, you know, just I'm just going to love Jesus. I'm going to read the word. If he, if he tells me to preach a sermon, I'm going to preach a sermon. If he tells me to go to a conference, I'm going to go to a conference. If he tells me to help the poor people who need some food in Haiti, I'm going to do that. But I don't necessarily think in terms very much of dreaming now. And I'm wondering if, if, if a lot of people are that way who have, you know, rightfully rejected the hyper faith and prosperity movement of, and, and some of it's watered down too. It's not that, it's not that real extreme, you know, um, you know, name and claim it. It's, it's a little bit more um, subtle, uh, but, you know, so you go to church every Sunday and every Sunday here, you know, you, you can do it. You you know, just believe in yourself. Just, you know, if you're, if you're down, pick yourself up, you know? And so I think a lot of us then who I would pray would be more grounded in the word and more sober about the things of God and are not entering to this, engaging this in a self-centered fashion would, if we're not careful, we're going to reject that. As soon as you said, you know, because I know Joseph had a heart after God. He he loved God, and and that's where I could land. But you, I like what you said. Joseph actually had a dream that wasn't like, Joseph, here's your dream. I'm God, and look at me, and love me, and be my friend. It was it was an actionable dream. It was something he had to engage in. It was something that was a call on his life, not above his walk with God, but a part of his walk with God. So I, I just wanted to say that, man. Thank you for challenging my heart the um the proverbs 29 18 has been so abused uh, there is no vision uh, or hazon or dream or revelation uh, the people perish or the people cast off restraint that's proverb 29 18 and you're absolutely right the it has been it has been taken almost as a um a success tip and and, yeah. and we have millions of christians who set that's that's my vision and and, and i i'm no matter i'm pursuing that and, and that only but it, it, it's a deep, it, it's something deep that said, though, but the, when there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Uh, that, so, so in every seat, I'm, I'm speaking even as a man of, as ministry, as people serving God. Um, if there's no sense in this season of my life, um, if there's no sense in this season of my life of, of faith and of confidence and of a purpose for this season of uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, of a sense of this is what I'm, I'm, I'm called to do at, at this point in my life. Uh, and, and I have a vision for this. And this is the next step. There's a danger. There's a casting off restraint. There's a, um, and to me, that sense of vision is not a, a it really isn't a, a, a matter of age. Uh, it's a matter of attitude. It's an attitude of the heart. It's really not even how much theology I have or what my great testimonies have been in the past, but it's a thirst 
for this present season. Now, I just turned 60. I know you're, 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 you're shocked because I look so much younger. <laughs> yes. But I, I, I know you're just, your audience is just uh, right now uh, in, in, just, uh, in shock. But uh, I just turned 60, uh, 40 some years of service under ministry. And, and I say this with a, a, um, a gripped heart and, and, and with great, great sense of uh, humility before God. But in the last two, three years, we, we saw some of the most well-known, most impacting, fruitful ministries um, come out with, seas- with testimonies that, that brought shame, that brought hurt, that uh, fall away. Or t- and, and, and I can't help, and I, they were, I know these men were men that for years had a pulsating heart for God and just wanted to, and God gave them some of the greatest revelations, some of the best best apologetics teachers in the world or builder of churches. And in all this happening, great movements in the kingdom right now seem to be shaken at their core by, by, by some behavior that's, that's un, un, unthinkable to us. But I know somewhere along the line, they, they were in ministry, but, but lost a sense of this is, this is where, what's next for me. And, and men in their fifties and sixties and seventies and even forties and more, uh, have that, that danger. When, when there's no vision, there's a possibility of casting off some restraint. Wow. Some, some, some of our, st- some of our standards, some of our, it has to be that because how could they have come day by to start with for 20, 30 years of such powerful ministry and, and, and end up acting and behaving in things that are just completely contrary to everything they taught before. At one point, the, the, the vision diminishing for what I'm doing now, the resting on what, on what I did before and also, the woundedness of what was not accomplished, yeah. what was not fulfilled, what I thought would and has not in my own life, my own family, my own kids, my, in, uh, in my own ministry, and the woundedness takes over, and then they cast off restraint. Mm. So that's why the the constant pursuing of verses we know well, Jeremiah uh, 29, 11 to 13, God says, I know the thoughts that I have for you, the dreams, the, the, the thoughts of peace and not of evil, uh, to give you a future and a hope, but then you'll call on me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And as you will seek me and find me, you'll search me with all your heart. Um, that's not that's often seen almost as a verse for the beginning of your Christian life, but I believe that that seeking, that searching, has to be in every season of our lives, in every season of our life, that God has a vision for me for this season, not what I'd planned, and certainly not. In my timetable or my chronology of things, and this is when I thought I would be. At, this is where I'd be at thirty and forty and fifty and at sixty, and this is how God's going to do it. Well, none of that newsflash for the young <laughs> ones watching. <laughs> none of that happens in any way, shape, or form uh, like you think. And, and and but in every season. If I seek him in every season, I pursue him with all my heart in every season. He has a plan in every season. He has something for me mm-hmm. now uh, to accomplish towards the, the, uh, his great fulfillment of for every season of my life. I, I couldn't agree more. That's so powerful. I, I think there's a, um, a um, you know, like a, when you look at a ladder, it has the two side frames and then the bars that go across that you step on. And, and, and I think the, the Holy Spirit and faithfulness is what empowers us to walk up to those, to the accomplishments, to the fulfillments of the dreams, because there's some requirement on our part for our dreams. We, you know, it's, it's not just going to fall in our lap. There has to be an ascension into the things God has for us. But I would say the two side parts of that ladder would be 
exactly what you're saying. Joseph actually had a dream. It had about something to do about a nation and providing for his family. Uh, but the other side was the, the 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 vision that keeps you from being unrestra- unrestrained. Uh, you know these these ministries, these organizations that are struggling and shaking right now <clears throat> didn't have that sense of the other part of the vision. You know, so like a quick little story. I don't know if I ever told you this or not before, Claude. I know we've spent a lot of time together. I'm, I probably told you every story I know. But um, <clears throat> when I was twelve, uh, my father <clears throat> had gone up. He said he came home. He said, I've been last two days up on a mountaintop. I'm not sure. We were living in New York, so it must have been in Pennsylvania or something. He said, I was up on a mountaintop praying for all four of my kids. And he had to sit down in a circle. And he came around and he put his hand on our heads. And and he said, wow. and he said here, here is God's dream for you. Uh, here is God's promise for you. And for my sisters, he said, you're going to marry and be engaged in missions and in ministry and touch many lives. For my brother, he said, you're going to be an amazing evangelist with uh, the ability to communicate God's truth. And then he put his hand on my head. He said, and God's going to keep you. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> that's a ripoff. <laughs> you know, it just felt so like a worldwide evangelist and, and uh, you know, touching nations and and, I, and I'll, I'll just I'll I, I read it as I'll barely be kept you know just I hope you can make it you know but but God'll help you you'll survive uh, but now I look back on that and that, that other rung of the ladder is when I see these other ministries falling apart now I look at it and go like he kept me all these years in this word he kept me on my knees he kept me with a fresh fire in my heart he kept me with a vision for the lost he kept me with a hunger to see uh, America revived in a spiritual way and he you know he kept he kept that dream alive really is is uh, the the dream i had you know when i was a kid to to preach the gospel and so mm. man i'm i'm really thankful for a dream to move ahead but then uh, the providence of god to keep us empowered to move ahead, Claude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back. I want to follow up on this because there's so many more important things I know you have to say, and what you've been saying. I, I, if it's touching anybody's heart like it's touching mine, uh, this is gonna really reap a lot of fruit in people's lives. Uh, you're okay to join us again on the next episode? Absolutely. All right, great. Thanks, Claude.